0: Welcome to FileMaker Off The Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users.
1: Hi, Thomas. How are you?
0: I'm good, Teresa. How are you?
1: I am fine. Uh, long time no see. So, um, But Happy New Year. Oh, yes. Happy New Year to you also. Welcome to Off the Record.
0: Episode 16.
1: Yes, 16. The last episode you did with our friend Beth. Yes. And that was a lot of fun.
0: It was. I really enjoyed that. I yeah. Think, I think she did too.
1: Yeah, it's it's always fun to hear about the things that happened with FileMaker long before I started using it. Uh, so I'm constantly fascinated when, when you guys say, oh, Back when there were, no, when it was one table per file. (laughs) And I just think, oh my gosh. (laughs) It just seems like such a foreign concept. But as each new version of FileMaker is released, there's a new generation of users who can appreciate what everybody had to do differently in uh, in the years past. Yeah. So what are we talking about tonight?
0: So tonight we're going to talk about starter files. So if you're a younger developer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: this is a way to, you know, help kickstart your projects. Right? And if you're a more experienced developer, there's different types of starter files mm-hmm. that might be beneficial to you too. There's there's some that are much more advanced. Right. So the starter files have different purposes, but for for most developers, wherever you're at, looking at these can be educational.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Whenever there's a new project on the horizon, if you're an in-house person and, you know, your boss pulls you aside and says, "Hey, we're thinking about uh, building a new module for our system that does XYZ, you, you know, you're going to build on to it, but do you need to start from scratch or is there something that you already have?" that you can borrow bits and pieces from. And so FileMaker, being the lovely toolbox that it is, uh, allows you to copy and paste and move elements from one file to another very easily. And so we have the opportunity to reuse things that we have found success with uh, ourselves. So if you've done a lot of developing and you are happy to reuse portions of it, although we've we talked about how in many cases while you're learning, you build something and you learn so much just in regular development that the next time this comes up, you don't want to reuse what you used last time. You've, you're going to do it better this time around. So So there's a lot of cases where you won't reuse pieces. You're going to build from scratch and you're going to use that cool thing that they talked about at DevCon, in that session that you saw, uh, you know, a couple months ago. Um, so it's important to always learn and always continue to explore new techniques and get better and better.
0: I remember working on a project in the in the late '90s, and whatever I, I, I just remember bits and pieces of it, but there was a section, and I worked hard on it, and I mm-hmm. thought this is brilliant. <laughs>
1: At the time, at the time, you know. <laughs> now thinking about it,
0: well, it just—I was maybe two years later. I was working on a different project, and I was—I I might have been an in-house developer at that point. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I can go and grab. I remember I did this before. I can go grab this and just plug it in. And you look, and I went and looked, and I'm like, oh my god, what was I thinking? <laughs> and that happens a yes, lot. Yes,
1: it does happen a lot, and especially like we said, while you're learning. But a shortcut to having to stumble all over yourself and building things from scratch.
0: So the first question is, it, is it worth having a starter file, whether it's yours or someone else's? Actually, mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Yes. And is it worth starting a project from one, or is it just easier to start from scratch and bring everything in?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it depends heavily on what the project that you need to produce needs to track because in so many cases a starter file uh, has to do with people right
0: there's a lot of them are crm based
1: right a lot of starter files are crm based but there have been a number of occasions where a a lot of the projects that we've worked on have no people at all involved and so if you have a starter file that starts out with contacts and addresses and phone numbers, and you need to track valves (laughs) for uh, some, you know, for an oil rig, there are no people in there. There might be, you know, there might be um, workers involved if you're you're doing time tracking. But if you aren't, if you're strictly tracking when these valves were changed last or maintained and, and you're getting histories... You don't need all that stuff. So why would you have a solution? Why would you start your solution with contacts when there are no people in there?
0: Earlier in my development career, mm-hmm. I was actually a little surprised. At, you know, I, I had built my own starter thing that was basic and simple, mm-hmm. and it was CRM, contacts, addresses, phones, you know, mm-hmm. uh, invoicing, things like that. And I would get project after project that was just something a little bit different. There right. no customers no vendors no yeah. they were it was for tracking processes and mm-hmm. things like that so uh, they don't always come in handy but anytime you get into you know the jobs we get now which are generally a little bit larger right so they have to do with more aspects of a business there's
1: people in there somewhere there's
0: people in mixed there. in yeah so if you're starting your own project in-house and you don't have a ton of experience I think it's probably well worth the time to pick one of these starter files.
1: One of the ones that are out there.
0: Yeah. Available. And, and the we're going to mention a few of them. All the ones that we talk about are free and open. Mm-hmm. So you can take them, strip them apart, use them, build something new on them, mm-hmm. and just do whatever you want.
1: Right. And, and one thing that is priceless about that too is is being able to look under the hood for somebody else's development style technique, the way they comment their scripts, the way they structure their just the schema of the whole file, uh, naming conventions, but even as we were reviewing these for this episode, we're saying, "Oh, that's cool i haven't I hadn't thought of that or I hadn't seen that technique. Before and, and so we learned a few new things, also. So it's a lot of fun to get into something new and tear it apart a little bit.
0: One thing that I noticed and expected is that everyone has naming conventions. Mm-hmm. They're all a, a little bit different, although they're they're actually not as different as they were twenty years ago. Okay, yeah, um, but they
1: part of that's because of there's there was a push. What ten years ago, when
0: yeah um, filemaker had a white paper on yeah and there was a just
1: like there was a lot of conversation about having naming conventions yeah. that were not strict, but there were there were just recommendations for naming conventions to kind of aid the development community, so that you know if if two developers need to work on something if you, if you uh either need to farm out some work or if you're just trying to have a conversation with another developer, <laughs> it's a lot easier, you know, to to look at a file and everything has some names that make sense.
0: It's very important to have development standards, mm-hmm. naming conventions and what have you.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter what language. It doesn't matter you're what using. they are. Yeah, so like with CSS, people name things in a particular way so that when the next person comes along and is glancing through the code, they aren't absolutely completely lost. You know, how do you make a solution accessible if all of the tables were named, you know, ABC123? You know, you know, confusing the audience is never a good idea.
0: <laughs> and one thing that I did notice through all of these is that they're pretty consistent with Anchor Buoy for the relationship graph. Mm-hmm. And people talk about, you know, that that seems to be feeling old and there's got to be a better way. And But with every one of these that I looked at, whenever I went and wanted to figure out, you know, how things were connected, mm-hmm. it, it took no time at all right. to figure it out because they were using this very common standard. Even though I'm sure there's more efficient ways to do things. Mm-hmm. There always are. But this certainly made it easy for someone just to step in. Right each solution has its own style to it but like i said the the naming conventions aren't all that different mm-hmm. a couple of them went a different route but the most important thing is all of them are consistent internally right and that's that's what matters more than anything so if you don't yet have a naming convention or development standards Get one, and right. if you don't know what to do, go download some of these solutions and look at them, and pick one that you that you like, and right. just stick with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can't stress enough how important it is to have a clean, easy to navigate relationship graph. It makes your own development so much easier. The horror stories of opening up, you know, even if it's your own solution from an earlier earlier version of yourself, and looking back and saying, oh my god, why do I have 17, uh, you know, <laughs> why do I have these table occurrences that are named uh, document 2, document 3, <laughs> document 4, that are scattered across my, my graph? I mean, you can't follow that. It takes 10 times longer. Uh, so when you're working, even if you're trying to work quickly, stick to the convention, keep it clean, because it'll save you so much time and effort down the line uh, when you're trying to debug even your own stuff.
0: We have a few, a few solutions. Like I said, they're, they're all available online. They're all free. Some require you to put in an email address and they send it to you and mm-hmm. other ones are just available to download. The, the ones we're going to talk about, we, we liked something or a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of pieces of each of them. We would recommend any of them.
1: Most important thing is to... Uh, go look at some of them or all of them and determine for yourself if it's one that you would want to adopt or just one that you might want to borrow.
0: So FileMaker, which we've talked about before, Fi- FileMaker includes some starter files and some sample files. Mm-hmm. And their starter files are, first of all, they look really nice.
1: Mm-hmm, they're very clean.
0: Yeah. There's one called Contacts, mm-hmm. and it's basically contact, company, phone, email, physical address,
1: mm-hmm.
0: names, you know, the the basics.
1: It's all broken out?
0: Yeah. That gives you basically four tables, contacts, mm-hmm. addresses, phones, and emails. Okay. And a total of four table occurrences. Right. These are here for people to learn from, exactly. to start from. If I was building a huge solution, this isn't going to help me that much. Right. Plus, FileMaker wants this to be something that somebody that's new can follow and understand. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the the naming is done in English. Right. They'll use spaces in their field names. Right. Because that works fine. There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Right. And it also for the labels. On the layout, you know, when you drag a field and you include the label and then it's just right there. And we've seen that years, forever. You see people who named their field with a question mark, active question mark, because that's what they wanted to show on the screen. Right. As the label, not knowing that that could cause a problem at some point, someday, down the road, perhaps, although a lot of times with filemaker it's very safe
0: yeah it's good there's some rules you can't break you can't start a field with a number right things like that and so it'll just completely stop you there but so the one from again the one from Filemaker looks nice and gives you a nice theme to work with and lays things out in a good way in a very very organized way but the naming that's mm-hmm. the only part that I that I don't like as a as, a, um, it's
1: not, it's not as a, a developer. Right. You th- feel like it's not the best way to show somebody that they should start developing.
0: Yeah, it's not the way that I would teach somebody. Right. But there's a big difference between having someone teach you and and having to get through this stuff on your own.
1: Yeah, that's, sure, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. So some of the files that we found... Were created a while back. Uh, some are fairly new, but there are a couple of them are files that look like they were developed in maybe ten or eleven, and then converted, up converted.
0: Possibly, yeah.
1: These companies have been putting out starter files for years, right? So, so there may be some that that uh, again, like we said. They created the first version of a starter file a long time ago, and then over the years they've just been kind of adding and updating and then decided to release it as a freebie. And some of them are stripped down versions of a larger piece, a larger product that these um, consulting firms offer as a paid product. Or a subscription product, something like that.
0: Yeah, some of them will, you can pay to get some modules added in, mm-hmm. things like that. So the first one of the.
1: Non-file maker. Non-file
0: maker ones: FM Kickstart by Kemper Auto, Automateasering, which I had to Google to make sure I was pronouncing that right.
1: Right. <laughs> so theirs is a, another basic structurally. It's got companies, invoices, and products. So those are the kind of core tables in the solution, uh, and then it has related information, documents,
0: notes. Seven or eight tables, mm-hmm. and the field naming is a little bit more what we use. A little closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't use. There's no spacing in any of the fields. There's uh, Underscores used a little bit to separate words. The rest mm-hmm. of it is pretty much camel case, mm-hmm. title case or camel case.
1: It's all very Englishy.
0: And calc fields are identified in the field name. Right. By uh,
1: underscore calc.
0: Underscore calc at the end of the name. And
1: underscore glob for globals.
0: And the relationship graph is very standard, anchor buoy. Mm-hmm. And the naming there is pretty straightforward too interface wise it's uh, like you said this it's a little version twelve thirteen mm-hmm. that's kind of the style it looks like, but uh, the all the basics are there
1: uh one thing that we as we were looking through it oh, one thing we like that gives it a very professional feel is uh, that functions we didn't know what it was at first that there's a a drop down Uh, or a pop-up menu that, depending on where you are in the system, changes to give you some functionality, depending on your context. So if you are on a company detail, you can only go to the settings, but if you're on an invoice detail, you can choose to email or print the invoice, which we thought was a nice touch. It was a little confusing. It took us a couple minutes to figure out how to print how to print cuz it was cuz it's kind of hidden right it's not very clear but once we looked we went oh yeah. that's where it is i bet it's you know it, it's in that calculated global field up there
0: <laughs> yeah and it's got a trigger on it so mm-hmm. you just select it and it goes through the motions and does the does the printing
1: right um and this one also has in there in their settings a pdf stored in a container that it uses as a background for creating a, a an email to PDF, uh, a PDF to email invoice information, which I thought looked very nice.
0: So if you normally, when you print locally, you have
1: pre-printed letterhead, pre-printed
0: letterhead. So whenever you're emailing it, you don't have that. Well, this is the way to use that. You just right. drop it and drop the letterhead into the field and it shoves it as a background to the whole invoice. Mm-hmm. And it looked, yeah, it came out nice. Yeah, it looked very, very
1: nice. nice. Yeah. And they referred to it as digital stationery. Yeah, which I thought was you know a, a nice nice touch.
0: I remember from their website, it says, "With FM Kickstart, you take off with screeching tires," hmm. and I liked it. It caught my eye because they spell tire with a Y. And right. I just I just love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So this is a nice invoice centric.
0: It's a it's a starter uh, kickstart starting starter file. Right. And you can get it from. Kempen Automatisering, so that's K-E-M-P-E-N Automatisering, which (laughs) I'm not going to spell that out, .com.
1: Right. We'll have these in the show notes.
0: (laughs) Yes. The next one we have is FM Ignite. It's Mm -hmm. called FM Ignite Starter, and it's by Lumenfire. The FM Ignite Starter file has contacts, invoices, products, and a setup area. Mm Mm-hmm. It uses a theme that Lumenfire created, and it's a little bit more well, more so than Kickstarter. It's a little bit button heavy. I don't want to say it's too buttony,
1: <laughs> right? So but it's using the button bar so that they take up more physical space on the layout. But it was um, much
0: easier to print and save and
1: right. Yeah, thing. they add they have specific yeah, but all those functions broken out and are and they're all viewable at once. Yeah. Instead of having to dig for them a little,
0: data is organized very nicely. Mm-hmm. They use Anchor Buoy, decent naming conventions. They've been around a long time and have won awards. Oh at yeah, DevCon. Mm-hmm. They're uh, just a great, great company. Great company.
1: So, uh, and they have a dashboard included in their starter. And on the dashboard, the the only thing that's on this one is is this newsletter signups. But when we were talking about this. We noted that dashboards are, you know, they're very personal. So, um, one company's most important KPIs are can be very different from a different, you know, from another company's. I think this is just showing us that you can have a dashboard and you can put whatever you want there. Now, the FM Ignite Starter is a smaller version uh, or a stripped-down version of fm ignite which is a
0: business solution a
1: business solution that lumen fire sells and it has tons more functionality so this is just a way for you to kind of get a taste for their style if you need to manage something much bigger
0: (laughs) a lot all these solutions have a lot of hours in them Mm, a lot of hours this one i know has several thousand hours into it wow it's it's just huge the full FM Ignite does time tracking projects, jobs, contra- context groups, estimates, tasks, bookings, calendars, event. I mean, it goes on and on.
1: Yeah, we're not gonna. you're not going to find any starter files that do all that.
0: That's what they start with, and they know what they're doing.
1: <laughs> so. Well, yeah, but they, they own that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's what they but start they, with. I'm
0: saying they don't start from scratch with every new solution they build.
1: Right. So their scripts have um a lot of good examples for developer standards i think especially with commenting
0: yeah they're they're organized well and they're well commented
1: and they have a big team yeah too it's especially important if you have multiple people working in the same areas that you comment out uh, or comment where changes were made or additional functionality was added, or functionality was disabled for whatever purposes. When you're working by yourself, and and you're the only brain and hands working on a solution, it's very easy to not comment. Because you remember a lot. You know, you remember all these weird little details. Like, I can't remember what days off my kids have from school. But I can tell you exactly what this script that I <laughs> am, have been working on for the last couple of weeks, I can you know, recite <laughs> pieces of it because this stuff kind of it can stick with you. But two years later, right. Two years later, as people have said, uh, you know, at DevCon in the past, the future developer of your of your work is going to be you potentially in five years and you need that information. So it's very important to put that information into your scripts. And they do a very nice job.
0: And the Lumenfire, you can get from Lumenfire.com, L-U-M-I-N-F-I-R-E, Lumenfire. So the next one we have is FM Quick Start, which... is DV Services. Which is D B Services.
1: And this one says 2017, so built on 16, I think. Well, FM Quick Start 16.00, I'm guessing that's version 16 one thing i like about their dashboard is it's got a couple useful areas Uh, again this one's contact quote invoices driven those are the kind of core areas there but i like they have a little quick actions over on the right yeah i think that's very useful
0: so the dashboard shows open quotes and prospects so whenever you first open, that kind of leads you to your work.
1: Oh, one thing I like about their um, the list view, if you go back to that, mm-hmm. that um, the other systems didn't have. Because at first, when I looked at it, I thought uh, at the top, in the list of contact records, and they have this on all of their list views, above the data is a row of blank fields that have They have their the column labels, first, last, company, city, state, above these blank fields. And my first glance at it, I thought, oh, is that how you add a new record that you put in the data and hit? But I didn't see a plus. There was no add. But here, this is a search. So Fil- it filters. Filter. Yeah. So it's a filter for whatever is in those fields for that column, which I thought was nice because... Your contact search, like search is such, can be such a challenge to find the best way to search where you are. You know, we, we often discuss what techniques are most useful for a particular client, for a particular project, because, you know, not all searches are created equal and depending on what your users need to get to, the quick search might not cut it. It probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) But it depends on what you're doing. So they hide the status toolbar and don't use that. So the quick search isn't something that's available. And they aren't using that they're using this filtering technique, which I thought was nice and clean. Yeah, and intuitive and once you know what it you know once i knew what it was for i thought oh that was nice
0: well it's easy to figure out too because the it's using script triggers so once you hit a key right instantly you're already filtering
1: right and so you get it with that first keystroke
0: yeah the only thing on on the list view the rows are tall each row yes. is relatively tall uh, the body row is mm-hmm. 50 almost 50 pixels high and the text is still 12 13 point Mm -hmm. i would like the name to be quite a bit larger now i'm i'm over 50 right so my eyes are going a little bit right but i don't see a lot of harm in making it larger you have the space Mm -hmm. so personally that's just a thing that i like
1: the other mild concern somebody might have with that is that if you have a thousand records that eats up a ton of space but because of how their list layout is designed the first thing you're supposed to do is filter your list. You get it down to those 10 people, the, the 10 Johns that you want to find and go from there. They don't care how much space it takes up. They wanted that white, clean background, you know, and easy to navigate. Um, I think that's one thing that sometimes makes these, a dense layout with the skinny rows so hard to read is, you know, you feel like you're looking at a spreadsheet because yeah. all this data is just smashed in there and these are nice big spread out
0: yeah nice use of nice use of white space
1: mm-hmm. and i do i also like the font the way that they're using that that's very skinny
0: yeah and it's all open and customizable so mm-hmm. it's very easy to make this more of whatever it is you want right but again uh, information's grouped really nicely it's very easy to read The contact detail is is laid out nice. Uh, There's a tab section for addresses and quotes and invoices and so on. Navigating through the records is very obvious.
1: They have two different reports stored with this little preview, which I thought was nice, especially for a starter solution. You get to see what you should see. (laughs) Right. I I like the idea of having a preview in there, a little graphic element. Never hurts. I think users like that.
0: Yeah. Because you forget what each report does when there, you end up with, you know, 10 or 15 or more reports. Oh, yeah. And to even just get a small, you don't have to see any details, but you get a, a view of the layout and mm-hmm. the lines. And you remember, you say, that's, oh, yeah, the, that's the one I that's want. That's the one I want, yeah.
1: And that in that setup area, is that's where, like, the products list. I like that. Even though, in, in a lot of cases, when starting out, people like to put buttons to add or manage everything on the main menu, but there are things that you are not managing all the time. You're not adding, like in here, you aren't managing products constantly.
0: Depends what type of business it is, but yeah, right. most for many, many of right. the ones that we've done too. The once the products go in, a lot of companies they add a product a couple a year, I right? Mean, you know, but other ones, an eBay business, you're adding products constantly.
1: But for this, because it's contacts, quotes, invoices. Assuming that the products are in all of those items are hidden in the setups area so you don't have to worry about busying up because they, they don't have a main menu they've got the dashboard right with its the little quick actions
0: it's got a toolbar at the top mm-hmm. with your main with your yeah. main navigation very easy to get around mm-hmm. and looks nice I yeah. like the uh, I like the style
1: yeah I thought that was kind of fun too so in the in our relationship graph we use the stick tool. To define certain areas of functionality so we'll we'll say what this tog is, so we'll have you know for a resident and all of its things we'll say residents in large type in a sticky, so that when we're looking through you know we know we know what chunk of the solution we're looking at without having to sit there and and look at the tiny gray text on the little. Table occurrences. Yeah, and
0: we use big fonts. If you have to zoom out to see the entire thing, you can Which still read. Which we do in a lot of times. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of and, and this isn't... I mean, a lot of people do this. Yeah. It's very common.
1: And so in some of these... Uh, well, in this one, when you open it up, there's the, the A through L. <laughs> the tables <laughs> that are A through L are on this side, and M through Z are on the other. And it's a, it's a simply structured solution, so it doesn't need a whole lot of explanation. But I just...
0: I've never seen them organized like this mm-hmm. but i i get it it's yeah, it real works. you pick yeah. it up real fast, but it's uh yeah it is it's a little bit different
1: hmm and these have a different naming convention with the underscores leading the i d fields
0: yeah there's a f i've seen that a few times on a few different developers that they'll put the oh well, we used to do that yeah put the i d field as mm-hmm. part of the talk um as part of the table occurrence name mm-hmm And their field naming, they, yeah, they prepend with ZGs for all the globals. So whenever the fields are sorted alphabetically, Mm -hmm. which that's not, that's closer to what we do also, because I do like to sort things alphabetically and have all the calculated fields kind of group up and all the global fields kind of group up. I like my ID fields together in this solution. They do start IDs with a double underscore, Which is problematic if you're writing SQL, unless you're abstracting the name out. So it's just something to be aware of. And their scripts are organized into folders, into Mm -hmm. practical areas. There's a set of UI scripts and contact scripts invoice scripts. And they have well-commented and broken up into sections in the scripts. Pretty easy to follow.
1: Yeah, I think if you were starting out and you were looking at the scripts, you would find your way very easily those comment kind of breaker uh you know areas are very easy to read with the dashes yeah they
0: stand out a lot yeah that was fm quick start that you can get at fmquickstart.com and they list that it has dashboard companies contacts locations documents quotes invoicing accounts receivable payments products and a report generator Okay, the next one is FM Starting Point. Mm-hmm. This is done by uh, RCC Richard... Carlton Consulting. Richard Carlton Consulting.
1: And this is their version 6, which it, is the latest.
0: Yes, they've been doing this since FileMaker uh, 10. On their website, it says they've had over half a million downloads. Yeah. So... It's like, impressive. That's impressive, man. Yeah. That's a lot of downloads. And they put out a ton of video training video, tra- yeah yeah a ton of video training um t- t- they tons of free stuff mm-hmm. but they also have videos you can subscribe to
1: this solution like some of the others also tracks contacts accounts as they use accounts instead of like companies for external companies estimates invoices products but they also are tracking projects expenses, internal staff, assets, timesheets, tasks, and have a interactive calendar. So that's a lot of features for a starting solution.
0: Free. Yes, for free. That you can do whatever you want with. And their dashboard is one of the only ones that has graphs. Mm -hmm. So the navigation is there's a bunch of buttons on the dashboard.
1: Right, to go to those main, like master detail.
0: And there's lots of use of tooltips.
1: Which is nice, especially for a yeah. solution where someone's coming here to download this to see either see what FileMaker is all about. But you know, this isn't only for developers. But business owner looking for a solution can look at Starting Point and say, "This looks great for my company," and then contact the developer and get some customization done. So one thing that this solution does that none of the other ones that we reviewed does is it incorporates table view into the layouts table view is a great thing you know we kind of go i don't want to say we go back and forth we do not like to give uh, access to table view to our users Um, we think it's confusing because it looks like a spreadsheet but filemaker is not a spreadsheet and people who don't realize that have an unexpected experience you know, because they want to be able to select things across multiple cells, but there aren't any cells there. So, it, so we feel like it's a it, it's a tricky thing. So, we stay away from using table view in our user layouts. Uh, we often use table view ourselves for debugging, d- data analysis, specific. Things that 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 we will use it for because it's great for comparing data. Yeah, uh, I think so. I love Table View, but we don't put it on client facing or user facing layouts. And he incorporates it in there, which is different from everyone else. And and I think you know there's there's pros and cons to giving it to people.
0: So this is another one. They have their own theme, a version of minimalist, a version of vibrant that RCC themes. Mm-hmm. They also do layouts for each platform, so they have layouts for desktop layouts for pa- um uh, tablet and layouts for phone yeah for everything that's mm-hmm. a that's again that's a you, lot you get into this stuff but that's a lot of work it's yeah. a massive amount of work I keep saying it there's a lot to get for free
1: right and a lot to learn from also yeah,
0: and the design's very nice, very easy to use, very easy to navigate around. It's got toolbar at the top for your main sections and then a secondary one for switching views and Mm -hmm. things like that. One of the biggest differences with FM starting point from the others is whenever you get into the back end to the looking at the table occurrences and field naming and script naming, Mm -hmm. they have their own style. They prepend everything with,
1: um,
0: with a code. And it is very it seems very obvious that someone here is an engineer
1: right (laughs) it's
0: very (laughs) that's just the feel i get it's a very engineering friendly way of doing things so whenever we were looking through the field definitions Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and of course this one no spaces no weird characters nothing Mm -hmm. like that in the field definitions you see references to the table occurrences, of course. Mm-hmm. And what stands out is the, those codes. So we're looking at assets, and you see uh, calculation comes from T24 underscore assets. And that's repeated through many of these fields. When you go to relationships, you see the text notes that are huge, mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a, that's a big set of stuff, and you might want to zoom out and still be able to read it. So all the... Togs are organized numerically. T one, T o one accounts, T o two calendar. So we're like, oh, we were at T twenty four. Scroll down, you find T twenty four. That's assets. So
1: right, you it, don't. You have to read less.
0: Yeah, you can move very fast through something that's huge. This um, this relationship graph is huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge, but it is like you said, it's clean and easily navigable. Yeah, that's a word, right? It is. <laughs> It sounds it's another one of those words that sounds wrong when you say it, or words that look wrong when you write them out, and you say that can't possibly be right. Yeah. Like sparkly, we talked about that earlier. Sparkly looks, looks wrong, wrong when you write it. Totally looks wrong.
0: <laughs> In my life, I rarely have to write the word sparkly.
1: Right, <laughs> It doesn't come up. So that much. was that was your daughter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So that's the the fields are named like that. The table occurrences are named, and the scripts mm-hmm. they, they all they are, follow they the all same have a number. Yeah, yeah, extremely organized.
1: So the way that the scripts are organized and grouped together, it's very easy to find anything. Well, I think one of the more difficult decisions that you make with building a solution is how to organize your scripts. Because you often organize them by context. But it's it's a lot of work to organize things to that extent.
0: So if you're getting into FileMaker new and you've got an engineering background, absolutely check right. out FM, FM
1: starting, starting Point.
0: But even if you don't, this is a massively complete solution. It, it looks good. It works well. It's, uh, it's impressive. Yes. Again, right. Uh, ridiculous amount of hours already oh that yeah. you get handed to you.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the last file we have isn't really a starter solution.
0: No, it's more of a framework. Yeah. It's a Carbon, K-A-R-B-O-N, mm-hmm. by um, Geist. Geist
1: Interactive. Like I said, it's it's a framework, not a starter file per se. So while you can use it, it's not meant for you to take... Uh, You know, to download and then start building off of. It has has lots of stuff, but it's not meant to be a CRM that you just pick up and start using, right? So what's in it?
0: When you open it up, it takes you to a user home that shows tasks that are assigned to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a tab for notifications and for settings. There's a little hamburger menu on the left that does a little pop out to get you to separate areas like sales and contacts and everything that's done in here is transactional. Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of error checking that goes on and there's system log reporting that's all built in Mm -hmm. lots of stuff that's done modularly so that you can add things to this, to this framework pretty Mm -hmm. easily.
1: So that's an interesting concept for beginners.
0: This is a tough one for beginners. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think I'd throw this one at a beginner.
1: Well, so you said that even on the site it said that you wouldn't use um, this as a starter. Or
0: at DevCon when Todd pre- uh, previewed this, okay, he had said there. It might be on the site as well, but he had said that that
1: it's really not this is, starter file. But- this
0: is not. Yeah, if you're if you're just looking to do a contact management thing. You don't start here. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to build a solution for a company to deal with multiple aspects of the of the business, mm-hmm. this is my, this might be where you start.
1: Okay, so it's a good core framework, as we keep saying.
0: Carbon uses selector connector, unlike the other solutions. Mm-hmm. So it's still primarily anchor buoy, just mm-hmm. with selector connector joining everything together, and it uses the party role model, which I like a lot.
1: So this would be a good solution for more intermediate to advanced users yeah. just to come and poke around and take a look at structure, scripting.
0: Yeah, the table occurrence naming is its almost exactly what we do. So I, I, I find it to be easy to follow. Mm-hmm. It separates out the data and it separates out functionality. Yeah, so Carbon is, is, like I said, it's very transactional. So all the transactions that happen, they take all the data from it, it's stored as JSON, and there's a controller file where they create records and drop all this information in so it right. can be reviewed later.
1: But and, this is very high-level abstract stuff.
0: Yeah. In the scripts, it's extremely modular. It's It has its purpose. So there's uh, Geist Interactive puts videos up on Vimeo, and they have a channel there. Mm-hmm. and they have a couple videos about carbon that you can watch to get a better understanding of what it's for, what it does, how it works.
1: Mhm. Sounds useful.
0: Yeah, that's worth watching. Cool.
1: So um ourselves we have a starter fi- a set of starter files that we usually use when beginning a new solution, but again we ask ourselves the same questions. Do we want to start from this file, or do we want to create uh, something? I say from scratch, but we are we're putting always... together. We're always borrowing pieces from other things. And anytime uh, you know, working on a new solution, and we pick up a new bit of functionality, uh, we try to always put that into our starter solution. So our our starter solution ends up being kind of more of a, a toolbox for us, rather than something that we will actually start from. Um, But it'll depend on the project. While it's always fun to just say, you know, file new solution, (laughs) many times, uh, like recently, I was asked to create a demo file to just show a little bit of functionality for something, you know, a client wanted to demo to his department. And he said, oh, hey, here's some specs. Can you whip up a quick demo file for this? And we all know how wonderful FileMaker is for quick, rapid prototyping. So, you know, I just created a new file, threw in some new tables. And the first thing that annoys me is that our set of utility scripts isn't in there. We have a script for error checking that (laughs) that turns error checking on and off depending on who's logged in. And because those weren't all in there, that annoyed me. Every script I wrote <laughs> didn't I couldn't put that at the head of the script. But for as small as the demo file is, and you know, I didn't need the the heaviness of the starter solution. So uh if that turns into a full fledged project, I'll be rebuilding it anyway, with more bells and whistles, and we will pull the modular pieces out of our starter solution and, and you know, fill it out. So I like that we have one. I think it's necessary if you do a lot of work, but the, it's better as a toolbox in our case. Sometimes. Yeah. Definitely something to consider if you don't already have a starter solution. <laughs> there are starter
0: files that you work from. Good place to store the modules and custom functions. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> and I talked about it. Yes, you did. And you talked about
1: it. I did. I talked I talked at you and with you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Yes, very much appreciate it. If you want to reach us, you can always send an email to offtherecord at profiledevelopers.com. Mm-hmm. You can also visit our website, profiledevelopers.com. In the blog, you can find the archive of these podcasts. All right. So thank you for listening.
1: Yeah, everybody have a good night. Thanks, everybody.